Welcome to the So She Did podcast, where we show you how to live an empowered, in control, and confident lifestyle. It's time to stop letting life happen to you and start making life happen for you. I'm Holly, beauty blogger and digital marketer. And I'm Michaela, content creator and dance teacher. Whether it's your self-image, career, relationships, or health, we're your new BFFs. Tune in for some fucking great advice. And oh yeah, we swear a little. You are listening to episode two of So She Did Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about relationships, building relationships, sustaining them, and understanding any problems that might arise and how your personality might affect it. For this podcast, we couldn't think of anyone better than our dear friend, Audrey Coleman, to have on this episode. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. I'm really glad to be here today. Yeah, we feel like Audrey is just well beyond her years and very emotionally intelligent. Especially with relationships. Especially. It's funny because I think I'm just more critical. I think that's important, though, to be kind of critical of your own relationship. I think that helps you understand why things are working, why they're not. That's part of it. If you thought everything was perfect, then no changes would be made and then your relationship would be stagnant and quite frankly, boring. Yeah, that's very true. I think one of the biggest parts of a, of a healthy relationship is confrontation, just as far as conflict resolution and also just being able to admit to yourself whether or not you're happy and what changes need to be made. Being able to confront your partner with that is something that is very important. Just that blatant honesty, even if maybe it could be seen as a little bit hurtful, the desire to make changes and to make each other happy should come before anything else. So first of all, I wanted to ask you, what's your background, your life, your relationships, all that? Okay, so I don't have a PhD in psychology, although (laughs) Holly and Michaela would lead you to believe that. As far as my background, my dad was Air Force, so I've kind of moved around pretty frequently. Basically, since I was young, every two or three years, we would really move. I think from a very young age, I was trying very hard to have a long-term relationship. I had a few relationships that lasted a year, a couple of years. I met my ex in high school. I was a freshman and he was a senior. And then we kind of fell out of it. Like we we didn't really talk. Like for about a year, he started dating someone else. We reconnected right before I had moved to Washington DC where I graduated high school. So we reconnected in my sophomore year and we began dating, dated for a few weeks and then I moved. So we were long distance, like the first two and a half years basically. And we'd been together for about seven years. And then just recently within the last three or four months, we have broken up we did get engaged about a year ago so it's kind of been one of those trying to find yourself kind of things and you look back and you're trying to figure out what it was about the relationship that didn't work and like where the desire to maintain the relationship and stay with each other really came from yeah that's super commendable that you can talk about it so intelligently when something like that's super hard i mean you grew up together right my two younger sisters really did grow up with him you know my youngest sister was now when we started dating so they have like a very close and intimate sibling relationship that I want them to be able to maintain you know but I think that once you start to conceptualize a future without them that's kind of when you know you know like when you're making preparations whether they're emotional or realistic to be outside of that relationship that's really when you start to subconsciously pull back you know and your partner can feel that so how do you recognize a promising relationship something that you think is going to be lasting 
That's a really good question. I think that that's something that we all kind of question, especially when we're going into a new relationship, whether or not it's worth the effort or the time or if it's going to be going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think that obviously I can only speak for myself, but it's one of those things where people say, when you know, you know. And I think that the concept of finding the right person is something that we all have a tendency to put a lot of value in. Your marriage will be happy and your marriage will last forever if you find the right one. But I think you should focus more on who you are in the relationship. You're wanting to find the relationship that makes you feel like the right person versus trying to have someone else fit into that mold or that structure that you've created for a relationship. Yeah, and I think that's super important when it comes to understanding your love language and your partners. Right. I mean, what are they? It's like physical touch. Yeah, acts of service. I think like words of affirmation. Yeah, gift giving and quality time. Yeah, those love languages are very important. I think ultimately compatibility is a large factor in that. A lot of times people don't have similar love languages and they can recognize the value in not even necessarily compromise, but just trying to show their partner love in the way that's most efficient. Yeah, and how do you know when you are compatible in that way? I think it just comes down to wanting to show the ultimate love to your partner. If you want them to be loved and feel loved and know that they're loved, then you'll want to bend over backwards for them. You'll want to make sure that you can either give them those words of affirmation or you can give them the physical touch. Like I know, Michaela, you had talked about you and Brandon, you know, it took some calibration for you guys to like find a good groove with each other. Yeah, um, so it's... It really does come down to being willing to do those things for each other. Brandon actually was talking to me last night about his previous relationship and how he wasn't willing to. And it really just made a difference in our relationship because we do have completely different love languages. Mine is just being near him and then his is physical touch. So we had to communicate really in order to be happy with each other. And I'm so willing to give more and then he's willing to pull back a little bit and we meet in the middle. Anthony is actually the same way as you, Michaela. He's fine with just being in my presence. For me, I need that words of affirmation like, you look really pretty today, or you did a great job on that, or I appreciate you. You like to be reminded. Yeah. I think sometimes we are scared to admit that sometimes we need reminders. You know, yeah. like why why should you need a reminder if you're so certain about something? But right. innately we're human, and it's, it's not even that we need those reminders necessarily, but they can help to really foster like the intimacy with one another, and they can help to show appreciation and affection through those words or through those actions or just through like the nearness and quality time yeah and that's definitely part of being compatible with somebody is like just accepting those things about them and knowing what they need and giving that to them them knowing what you need and giving it to you that's that's compatibility right there and as far as like to to just kind of go further with the idea of compatibility i think something that you see emulated in a lot of long-lasting relationships are just shared interests and those aren't even necessarily things that you come into the relationship with those are things that you have to continue to foster because when you talk about being with someone for a decade or even just like five or six years your taste towards things are going to change you're going to have different favorite shows you're going to enjoy spending time in different ways And so to kind of show the interest with one another, foster new hobbies, learn something, go to dance classes, try these new things that maybe make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's really important in order to be able to have a shared identity with one another. 
Yeah, I really like that. I, I know that Brandon actually taught me how to play the guitar one day. And usually I just like leave him to do his music alone. But it was like really special sharing that moment together of getting to know his hobby. And he'll get to know my hobby and like let me teach him a cool dance move or something like that. And it's really corny stuff. But it's just like little things like that that will probably hopefully <laughs> be something that makes us last in the long run. And I would even argue that shared interests aren't the thing that is going to make it lasting. Maybe you both like film and video, like doing films together, but then when you're on set together, you want to kill each other because, you know... You both have a, an idea of the way you want it to go. Yeah. I do think that there are cases where you should always have those separate things that you enjoy as far as just maintaining like who you are as a person. I do think that, you know, when you do want to share those things with your partner when you do want to kind of reach out and have like a shared experience it's important even through embarrassment or like even through I'm sure Michaela like when you were learning to play the guitar like you're not great at it and it hurts your fingers and like you're a little bit embarrassed but it's important to just like push through that and just feel loved and accepted no matter what because it's the lack of judgment ultimately that will lead to unconditional love yeah I totally agree with that and the same thing goes for, like, your partner can't force those interests upon you. Right. Like, for instance, Anthony knows I don't love money, and I don't really care that much about investing. Oh, come on. Who doesn't love money? I love getting it, but I don't like... Um, Talking about it, learning well, about it. Yeah. I feel useless most yeah. of the time in that way. I know I want a lot of money, but I don't know how. <laughs> so, he never pushed getting into investing on me, but because he had an interest in it, I decided to take an interest in it, and I do see importance of it. Hopefully he's not listening to this episode. (laughs) Hey, Anthony. (laughs) But yeah, like I said, your partner should never force interest upon you. You should take an interest in them, though. And I think that can be seen. Yeah, and and even just you, like, wanting to learn about socks, and now you guys have something you can talk about when... When he is like constantly watching the stock market and stuff, you have a frame of reference now. And you guys can have like a real conversation about it that you both enjoy. So I wanted to ask, where do you think your morals and your ideas of the relationship you want to have comes from? Everything is kind of a factor in that. And we recognize that. I think a lot of people do have a good understanding of the relationships that they've witnessed have an effect on our own relationships. There is actually like... A psychologist that studies relationships and like his name is John Gottman and he first kind of introduced the idea of like what is called a love map and like those love maps are what we base our relationship identity off of like what we need and and it's something that happens very subconsciously it's something we're like very unaware of but ultimately the relationships that we seek out are ones that emulate familiarity children of divorce generally have a more negative view towards marriage and towards long-term relationships because their concept of love has always included abandonment and it's always kind of included like an end to that. So I think that it's important to be aware of those and to kind of really try and analyze who it is in your life that you look up to when it comes to sustaining relationships. You know, whether it's like your neighbors or some couple in church that you have grown close to or friends parents a lot of times can like affect our concept of like what a relationship means but once you're able to analyze that and really try and pick what you really want to foster and what you necessarily don't think is all that positive you can kind of move forward with your own journey towards that and you can really own up to those subconscious effects that we all kind of have yeah that's something that I've definitely recognized and I 
think is super important. I talked about this with Brandon again, and when I was growing up, I just didn't have any healthy relationships formed. You know, in foster care, that was really hard. And then once I did get adopted, I was 11. So I was kind of at a late age to form a really good bond with my parents. And I saw their bond, but it's not something that like really rubbed off on me. And this is where I want to say that social media was a good thing for me because I saw so many relationships on social media and things that worked for people and things that didn't work and it made me just want a best friend and a partner. So like I really just didn't settle until I got that in my partner. But it definitely made me realize once I was with him like okay so I never had a healthy bond or a healthy relationship and I've not really seen very many of them firsthand. So I'm gonna have to work that much harder at our relationship. Right yeah and I... I can relate to that in a way. I mean, my parents are still together to this day, which I think is super cool and something I've always wanted to emulate in my own relationship. But I also think I put a lot of pressure on myself to have a relationship like them because at this point in their lives, like they're pretty free, like they're getting close to retiring and they're, they're, they go out more than I do and they're just really enjoying life. And they're definitely the success story relationship wise that I dreamed to have. They met in college their sophomore year and they've been together ever since. When I was a sophomore in college, there was a part of me that was like, well, shit, I need to get my stuff together because I need to find the one real quick. And I put that measurement that that's where I needed to be. And that's when I needed to know. Right. Well, I think that when you're talking about pressure, it's innately a negative word. But I think that it can serve a good purpose because it's given you that perspective far as seeking out that long-term relationship and that a relationship that even starts when you're young can be very successful. But I do think it's important to kind of be very critical of that pressure and be because ultimately you do not want to stay in relationships that are toxic. You do not want to stay in relationships that are lasting only in order to be lasting. If your end goal is to just make it work, then you'll make compromises that maybe you shouldn't make. I think when you look at trying, you know, wanting to get married and wanting to be together long term, it shouldn't necessarily be because you feel like you have to or out of a place of pride. I know that's something that I've struggled with in my past relationships to just be prideful and like want to have that thing that like everyone is jealous of. It shouldn't come from a place like that. It should come from a more loving place. It should come from a place where you can't really, not even that you couldn't necessarily imagine a life without them, but that you can imagine a life without them and it's pretty miserable. Wow. (laughs) I definitely feel like I just like seem very full of myself. I'm just like, I'm just a fucking idiot. Like I'm a 22 year old girl just like trying to figure out life and you guys are like, oh my gosh. No, I mean, I think you're definitely really emotionally intelligent and that doesn't make you perfect. I mean, it's one of those things where you can give advice all you want, but do you always take your own? Do you feel like you'd always take your own? Of course not. You know, there's that whole like coaches don't play thing. And it's Mm -hmm. funny because like, I don't necessarily think I have a hard time taking my own advice. I do think though that as people, sometimes we have friendships and even sometimes we can see this in relationships where we're around people and we surround ourselves with people that emulate issues that we see in ourselves. And we are critical of those issues and we try and give them advice. And then when they don't take the advice, we're ultimately very frustrated because 
it's the advice that we wish we could give ourselves. You know, I think Holly, like, one of the reasons why, like, I think we really bond is we're both people pleasers. And, like, we, yes. we do have an issue kind of just wanting to tell people what they want to hear. And so is Michaela very much. <laughs> yeah. For me, I know it kind of originates from just moving so often. And so when you're doing that, you're trying to make friends fast and hard, you know. And you're trying to make friends with people that don't need more friends. So you're wedging your way into someone's life. And in order to do that, you have to be as agreeable as possible. In romance endeavors that agreeability can make you not even admit to yourself what you need sometimes once you can be honest with yourself about what you need and what you don't like and what makes you unhappy you can take the step to change those things yeah I I mean that just like really hit home because me being a people person I didn't really think about it affecting my relationships which seems silly that's a really major thing me being agreeable and you know, the same thing. I was moving around so much of my life and I was trying to wedge myself not only into friendships, but into families who, you know, have a huge decision. Do they want you to be a part of their family or not? And so like, I always just tried to mold myself into the person that I thought people wanted around them or the person they thought they needed around. So I think that once I began having relationships, I definitely emulated that behavior and it was bad like I didn't know who I was what I wanted right. except I just was like romanticizing the idea yes. of having a relationship itself and so I mean there was just so many times like I'm thinking back on like different people that I've encountered guys that I've encountered and I'm like okay there is no way they were anywhere near my type anywhere near right. someone I needed in my life but I would try to make myself into someone who could fit into their life and then get sad when things were over when it wasn't something to be sad about in the right. first place at a certain point you almost make yourself an enigma like you're trying to be this idea of yourself I think yeah, some right. of us like you know Michaela and Holly you guys have found like really good ways to like be yourself on social media but I do think that sometimes we fall into traps where we have an idea of ourselves and we have a perception that we want other people to think of us in a certain way and we try and just kind of make ourselves that way we just try and say the things we're supposed to say or be the way we're supposed to be or be with this certain person or I don't know in relationships I think that can be a very problematic thing because at the end of the day if you're not being yourself then, then who are you yeah how, how can you have an honest relationship with someone if, if you don't even have an honest relationship with yourself I can relate to that in a way I I call myself kind of the relationshipper Audrey who she was in a relationship for like seven years so was I but in a different way like it was different guys and it was like two years then the next one two years then the next one you know since like eighth grade so people always say you don't know yourself in a relationship and I don't think you have to be alone to really get to know yourself I think for me being in all those relationships and seeing them fail and seeing myself not be a great partner and seeing them not be a great partner it helps me understand who the hell I am and who the hell I want to spend the rest of my life with right it's all at the end of the day trial and error yes. that's all relationships really are and I think once you can reach a shared commitment level like that's what's what that's what can be beautiful in a relationship that's why marriage is what it is you know we see a lot of divorce the thing is is that marriage is not something that's supposed to fix your relationship your relationship shouldn't be sustained because you're married you should be married because your relationship is sustained so I think that that can be the ultimate love letter when you reach that you know you can have a lot of failed relationships and that doesn't mean anything is wrong with you it just means you can admit when something doesn't work 
So I have a question. What advice would you give to somebody who has been single for so long and they're our age, you know, 22, 23, 24, 25, like, or even as far as like 30, and they're just really looking for that someone. What do they do to find them? I don't think that there's any right way. Obviously, I haven't been single for an extended amount of time at all, so I can't necessarily relate on a deep level to those types of people. But I think just in terms of seeking out a relationship, a lot of times we have expectations that we go in with. Even when you're just meeting people from dating apps, you go in with a certain expectation, and when those expectations either don't meet or you feel as though you've been rejected, it can be a very hurtful thing. But at the end of the day, I think having, at least for me, I think that having those expectations can be very negative and it can just lead to disappointment. So I think in a lot of ways, even if you've been single for a long time, even if you feel like you're very ready for a relationship, you have to recognize that if you meet someone because you think you make a good match on paper, that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll have that compatibility at the end of the day. So I think that you just have to go into experiences with an open mind and not put pressure on yourself and not try and make things work if they don't work when there aren't expectations and you both are on the same page is when it can be like the most meaningful and it can be the most powerful thing to experience to just like go after someone or to like be with someone i have a doozy for you (laughs) (laughs) haven't heard that word since like hashtag doozies in relationships that's so funny it sounds like a shit like a deuce So I feel like a lot of listeners might be tuning in um, because they're looking for that thing that they're having an issue with. And I see a lot of people who have expectations from their relationship that don't match up with their partners. Like they might have a long-term relationship, but one of them wants kids and the other one doesn't. The other one wants to travel. One's like content staying at home. When do you think some things are like okay to accept and work around, yeah, like compromise? And what things do you feel like, okay, like if you're in the situation that it's probably like you gotta go your separate ways, yeah. yeah. There are certain things that you should never compromise on and it comes down to your own priorities. Like if you prioritize something above where your partner prioritizes them. Like you had mentioned travel. If that's something that is very important to you, it's all about mindfulness. Like it's all about figuring out what is super important to you because there are things that each person should not compromise on and they are not the same for anyone. So I think that if you are open to not having kids or to having kids or you know, you are open to any sort of like flexibility in terms of like what you expect for your life, then that's one thing. But if you definitively know that you want kids, and you go into a relationship with someone who definitively knows that they don't want kids. I think at a certain level, you have to admit to yourself what you're giving up. Because if it's something that you strongly identify with, then you should take that as a sign that maybe you guys aren't meant for each other. And you shouldn't have to make changes. And they shouldn't have to make changes. Right. I think that sometimes we go into dates with like this, I hope they like me attitude like I really hope they like me like I want to dress well and I want to present myself well and I want to answer the questions correctly and I want for them to want me and I want for them to like me but sometimes we forget to ask like 
do we like them and do we see ourselves with them is it something where you know you're trying to force that compatibility or is it something where you just feel like your lives mesh together it just comes down to like it's all unique to each person there is no real right answer as far as like compromises that are healthy or like what you should and shouldn't compromise on i mean i think to me those kind of things are like very black and white i see a lot of people struggling with it where there are just like major things that they want and you can tell they want it and they post about it you know openly on social media and they just have a partner who doesn't want the same things for instance brandon's ex did not want kids if any of you guys know Brandon, which you two do, he live, laugh, loves the idea of being a father. He's hashtag dad for uh, sure. Probably the reason why I'm pregnant currently. First try. <laughs> First try. First try. Um, yeah, so like the fact that he was with this girl for five years and I feel like he was trying to suppress those feelings of wanting to be a father and as soon as he found someone, aka me, with the same goals in life, I couldn't imagine him going through life and not having that. And I wouldn't want him to, like if I didn't want kids, I just couldn't let him be with me and not fulfill that. Yeah, and talking about compromises, when I think about it, I only came to St. Louis because I had an internship here. And that meant that Anthony, who was living at Maine at the time, he had to just make a decision. Do I really want to be with this girl? And if I do, I need to go out there with her. Because I found a job and I wasn't coming back home. So yeah, he made the compromise of coming here and now he loves it. So it it is like one of those things where you have to decide which compromises are worth making. For him, he wasn't like completely shutting it out. He was open to it. Not that saying he was like, oh, you know what? Missouri is the place I want to be. But because I was here and was gonna be here, he was like, I need to do that for her, for our relationship. Polly is where I want to (laughs) be. Exactly. I think like Michaela, when you were talking about people that admit to other people what they really want and they still choose to maybe not go after it or make changes in their own life love happens very quickly Mm -hmm. within sometimes the first few dates like you really start to imagine a future with someone and i think that it's important to involve the people around you that know you the best in that process because if you're already well into your relationship by the time that you're introducing them to your friends or to your family or to your sister or whomever then sometimes there are things that your loved ones can see that maybe you're just blind to because you're kind of in that puppy love stage you know there are things that your loved ones can see that at that point are maybe too hesitant to tell you so I think one of the easiest ways to kind of make sure that you're going after the right thing is to involve like the people around you in that Mm -hmm. and to share sometimes too much in order to get their own opinion and they'll have the ability to say that because it'll still be early on you know if you kind of close yourself off in a relationship and establish it before you kind of present it to everyone sometimes you can be misguided Yeah, and this is a bonus question, I guess. I want to know what you recommend for someone who is friends or their family with someone who's in a bad relationship. Do you recommend telling them or how do they go about talking with them about that? It's important for the people that you love that you are wanting to confront with that to know that you love them and that it's not coming from a place of judgment. And there are some people that take constructive criticism better than others. So I, I think it all comes down to those unique situations. It comes down to your unique relationship with them. But I think that if you care about them enough for it to bother you at all, then it's an indication that you care about them enough to say something. 
Okay, Audrey, we want to thank you again so much for being here today. And I know you don't think that you're an expert, but I think that you really gave so many like great insights for anyone who might be struggling with, you know, any aspect of their relationship. Yeah, seriously, thank you so much. We're glad that you agreed to come on today. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Like, it's always just really comfortable to come and just chat with you guys, so. Friends forever. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag BFFs. So, what do you think of that episode? I think that was really good, and I think some people are going to feel victimized and attacked because we just set them out with some of those truths that she gave us in a good fucking way in a good way yes they're about to change their lives their relationships and that's what we're here for yeah seriously so if any of you have any questions or you want to get in touch with audrey the guru her instagram will be in the description yes and just so you guys know me and holly literally just labeled her as a guru so please do not get on her instagram and really expect for her to be your new therapist but i'm sure she would be happy to help you guys so if you haven't followed us on social media get with it we're at so she did podcast on instagram and facebook so she did podcast we're super easy to find so find us now thanks again we hope you tune in for the next episode bye bitches (laughs) peace and blessings (laughs) 